My name is Nita, and if I don't know you, I will look forward to uh, getting to meet you after service, and I know everyone else will as well. We began last week by focusing, as we always do, on this affirmation, and kind of starting to dissect it a little bit, to look at it perhaps with fresh eyes. One of the things that, um, I will just say, one of the things that did not endear me to my ministry instructors was the fact that I don't like ritual. And now that's not to say I don't believe that certain aspects of life need to be acknowledged as sacred and that there are not things that really are meaningful to us. It is meaningful to me that we come together and begin each service with song um, simply because there is that make a joyful noise thing. And we purposefully do not have auditions and things like that for our choir because I can't find any place in any sacred scripture anywhere where it says make a joyful noise but only if you can harmonize, stay on key, and read music. I don't, I don't believe in that. So that's a ritual I enjoy. I enjoy that we come together every week and affirm words like this. But one of the things that can happen when we do things repeatedly is that we can actually kind of just go on automatic pilot up in our brain. And that's one of the reasons why, as again, talking about music, it's one of the reasons why we don't sing the same songs every week. You know, um, I, I have been told that that's not how you do things, but that's how I do things, and I'm the one up here, so it's the way we do things. And the reason I don't like the repetition so much is because it's just too easy for it to become more blah, 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 blah. And a statement that we do say every week, I think needs to remain fresh with us. It needs to be new every time we speak it. We need to really consider what we are saying and not just say, oh, well, it's the last song and then we're just going to go do that releasing the things, so I'll go to the bathroom now and get some water and then come back. But this is a meaningful statement that I think we need to look at periodically. And so for the rest of this year, we are looking at the practices and the intentionality behind our community. Uh, the context of this, and this is not, you know, this is not going to be a big long meeting or anything, but you know, last month we had a community meeting to acknowledge that while we are here for and as spirit, we are also living in this world and we have to decide who and what we are and who and what we wish to be responsible for supporting. And so I, you know, one of the things that I think helps us to decide, is this important to me? Is gathering here together on Sunday important to me? Is gathering in this space important to me? Is it important to me that I share my good to hope and help support something that is important to me? 
And so one of the things that I would like for us to do for each, not just the rest of the year, but for each week of this year, is to really consider what are the actions that we're putting behind our words, what are the intentions behind those actions, what is it that's really, really meaningful to us, and how do I actually align with what is said and taught and happens here? Last week I focused on that first line of this statement, releasing the things that are behind. Every time that we make a statement like that, what we are actually doing if we are here and present and engaged is saying in this moment, I am willing in the entirety of my life to allow everything my thoughts, my words, my actions, other people's thoughts, other, other people's words, other people's hurtful actions. I am willing to allow everything that is behind me to be released and move forward in truth. Now releasing something we all know, releasing it doesn't mean forgetting about it. It doesn't mean it was okay But it is that word that, I'm not even going to phrase it that way, it's that other word that begins with the letter F that we don't want to talk about, and that is forgiveness. We must forgive everything that we have held on to that is hindering our forward motion in truth. Not some of the stuff, not the stuff that is, well, it wasn't that bad, so I guess I'll let go of it. Everything. Releasing the things that are behind us. Everything that was behind us has brought us to this moment. This moment right here, right now. And if this moment right here, right now contains any good in it, then literally everything that has happened in our lives up to this moment has helped to bring us to this moment. And that includes the people who bullied us when we were in kindergarten. It includes the people who may have abused us in various ways. It includes our own actions that we have held on to with guilt and with shame. It includes everything And this is where we need to remember as well and look at Emily Cady's definition of forgiveness. In Lessons in Truth, discussing forgiveness, Emily Cady reminds us that it's not just a matter of saying, well, uh, yes, I forgive you. It's not a matter of saying, well, forgive and forget. It's not any of that stuff. It is a profound, actual Action of giving good for something that might have been called evil. It's not just giving lip service. It's not just anything. It is an actual giving of good. And how can we do that with things in our past? We can release them with love and we can allow ourselves whenever that situation or that person comes to mind to send them love over the mountains, over the seas, into the valleys, all of that. 
So this is the very first thing. We say this every single week. And I'm sure, because it's not always uppermost in my mind, you know, I'm just as, I'm just as prone to ritualistic repetition as anybody else is. And I think maybe, maybe more so because I really like, I really like structure. I like knowing what's going to happen and then what's going to happen and then we're going to do this and then that's going to happen and then at the end I'm going to get hugs and there will probably be chocolate and all will be good. To actually week after week and day after day and every time we think about it realize what just that first line of that statement calls us to is quite profound. So releasing the things that are behind again it doesn't mean they were okay I know that if we heard all of your stories and I have heard a lot of your stories I know that the hearts in this room have walked through such tender and painful things and to hold those hearts our own and everyone else's in light and in love every single time that we speak that is part of what I believe our work is here. So we begin by being willing to release the things that are behind and then we move into the realization of what we are. And that is the I am. That is your sacred identity. I am. We don't really have to say anything else. Whatever that more than that is sometimes called God, whether we call it the universe, whether we call it spirit, whether we call it whatever we call it, the infinite realm of all possibility and potential, I am is its name at the point of view. Now we can follow up that I am with all sorts of words, and we generally do. You know, I'm busy. I'm tired, I'm frustrated, I'm fed up, I'm all of those things. And if those are the words that you're following I am with, know that on some level you are living with an with a separation from the glory that is you. In some way you are defining yourself as less than. And those are the things that are behind us. Those are part of the things that are behind us. And so we affirm moving forward truth. I am strong. And strength is our ability to persevere. Strength is our ability to say, you know what, I have tried and tried and tried and tried this thing. I still think it's a good idea, so I'm going to try it again. But with a freer attitude perhaps. Perhaps releasing all of the thoughts of failure that may be accompanied all of the other thoughts. So strength, we are willing to persevere. Positive, we're going to look at the good, we're going to look for the good. One of our names is for God is good without opposite. We also know that God is omnipresence, everywhere present. So that means that right in the midst of the most challenging thing that we are going through, if we are that, then we are also the good that that is. Right here, right now. We don't have to earn it. 
You know, that's kind of the amazing thing. Every once in a while I think, well, maybe we should have to earn all this. No, we do not. That's just Nita's ego wanting to put structure. You know, I think everything should be a skill that could be learned by anybody. And that's wonderful in the human world. But the truth is already. The truth already is. You already are strong. You already are good in the midst of everything. You already are powerful. You have, through your free will, through the workings of mind, you have the power to choose the direction of your life. You have the power to choose to no longer be held in bondage by all of those things that are behind. You have the power to choose to forgive. You have the power to release everything that does not work in your life. You are also wise. Sometimes that's one of those hard ones. I don't know what to do. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You're right. Your human self a lot of times does not know what to do. But that within you, which is so much more, is wisdom itself. It's all wisdom. And you're not separate from it. So our work becomes, when we look at things like being wise and loving and fearless... Our work is to release all of those thoughts that told us we weren't. Our work, if we hear ourselves saying, I'm so confused and I don't know what to do. Our work in that moment is to say, that is not a statement of truth. That is a statement from my limited understanding of human ego, from my personality self. In truth, I realize I am strong, positive, powerful, wise, loving, fearless, free spirit. I am the infinite. I am that expressing at the point I am. I am peace in the midst of all matters. How could I not know what to do when in doubt, love? When in doubt, breathe. When in doubt, affirm truth. And that's why we look at these statements every week. So I'm going to ask that with all of that, you look at the slide. If you've never seen the slide before, you may be going, wow, I didn't know I was going to have to do all that just because there was a PowerPoint slide on the wall. But it's time for each and every one of us to really go within and choose, is this something I, I wish to participate in? And it's okay if you have to think about it a while. Because it will be there again next week, and the week after, and the week after that. So if you will, speak with me these words. Releasing the things that are behind, I realize I am strong, positive, powerful, wise, loving, fearless, free spirit. I am the infinite, expressing at the point I am. I am peace in the midst of all matters. And so it is. Amen. Moving into again with what are the practices of thriving, of abundance, of expressing good. What are some of the practices that we can bring into our everyday life? One of the things that we have to as 
as fully divine beings walking a completely human path. Does that make sense to everybody? We are here in these human bodies. Our feet are on the ground. Just because we know we are the infinite does not mean that we get to float just slightly above the ground from here to there and not have to deal with any of the stuff that we don't want to deal with. We are here. We are in this human form. We are together. And I do not believe this is a random universe. So that must mean that there is purpose to us being here. That must mean that there is something that we are here to express. It must mean that we have some kind of work to do. And if I believe, as Unity and New Thought teaches, if I believe that at our core that we are indeed divine entities, good without opposite, infinite points of possibility and potential, if I actually believe that, then I have to figure out how do I bring myself into alignment so that I am actually living a life that reflects that belief. I don't think, and this is just me because, you know, nobody has... I, I don't know. We all get to decide this one for ourselves. I do not think we were put here to suffer. I do not think we were put here to believe that we are worms of the dust. I do not believe that we are here to pay some sort of eternal penance for some sort of badness at our core. I do not believe that. I never believed it. Even when I was being told that was why I was there. I never believed it. And I don't think any of you did either. Because you're all here. So if we are the infinite expressing at the point we are, and if that is all good without opposite, and if that is source, is the ground of being, and is good without opposite once again, then why do so many of us live lives of fear, of lack, of worry? And if we are living with fear, lack, worry, or any of the rest of it, and we don't believe in that, we need to actively take steps and adjust the way we are as humans in relation to that infinite good. Just as I don't believe that we are here to claim some sort of worm of the dust identity, some sort of original sin, I also, here's the other side of that, I don't believe that we are here to wait on some external something to rescue us, to save us. That's shifting our power off to someone else. Janice Stanfield, we're going to hear one of her songs later, not, not in the song we're going to hear, but in one of her songs, she has the line, and there ain't no Savior going to drop from the sky. Well, I know that in some houses of gathering, I would right now be being invited to walk out the door. 
or you all would be walking out the door, one of the two. But if we still believe that someone or something is going to come along and from the outside make everything right in our lives, we are not exercising our own power. We are not living in alignment with the truth of what we are. We are once again claiming victim status. Because even if your expectation is that someone's going to save you, you're still living in bondage to the belief that something outside of you is necessary to save you. So how do we align ourselves with the truth of what we are that we can actually live a life that we would define as thriving, as abundant, as joyful, as peaceful? Many of you know, I've shared with a lot of you just on an informal basis, and I've mentioned it here, um, one of my spiritual practices is that every day I do some type of creative art something. And, and trust me, this is low, low bar art. This is not high bar art. This is I put pen to paper, and by gosh, it's good. So yesterday, it just so turned out, I, I'd been working with a, with a book that has prompts for the 365 days of the year. And yesterday, the prompt was to design a good luck charm for myself and carry it or wear it as a talisman all day. And I, I read that prompt at about 4 o'clock in the morning yesterday, and it was like, oh no, I can't go here with this one. I just can't do good luck. I cannot believe in good luck any more than I believe in bad luck. Because again, where is that placing the responsibility for my satisfaction? I'm again being put at the mercy of something outside of myself. Well, there are a lot of days that I don't like the prompt, the art prompt, so I just do whatever I want anyway. And that was an option for yesterday. But I ended up yesterday, it's like, I know, I know we have read somewhere this very discussion of there is no such thing as luck. And, and so I did what, I did what I do. I research. I read. You know, that's my, I had Google in my head before Google ever came around. And Google just makes it easier because I don't have to get in my car and drive to a library or anything like that. And I found a, a talk by Eric Butterworth. And he reminded us that while everyone wants good fortune in their lives, at times things will happen in our lives that do not seem like good fortune. But that does not mean that we're cursed. It doesn't mean that the gods have decided to rain bad luck down on, on us. Just as if we win a lottery, it does not mean that the gods have de- decided to shower good luck on us. Neither good nor bad luck exists There's only right living. We have to live in right relation to the things in our lives. We have to live in right relation to God. We have to live in right relation to the people in our lives. We have to live in right relationship in truth with everything in our lives. 
And so having read that yesterday, I went back to this quote that I had picked up for this week from Myrtle. That's on the next slide. And here's what Myrtle had to say about thriving. You have some talent and capability that used to the glory of God and the honor of humankind will bring you rich reward. There is something that you can do better than anyone else can do. And through the loving, efficient service you can render, you will fulfill a need in the world. And that's it. It's focusing on the good. It's focusing on the good that is always present. Could you go back to the previous slide? So our practice this week is to appreciate that omnipresent good that's expressing at the point you are. Because as as one of my teachers was fond of saying, because tag, you're it. No one's going to come out and save you. It does not mean that we do not care for one another. It does not mean that when we see a friend who's having a, a difficult time, that we don't offer comfort, that we don't offer to be a presence of good in that life. But we can't sit around waiting for something outside to save us. And when it comes to making our good fortune or living with a less than fortune, Butterworth in his talk went on to to say, so we know that all sounds good, but how do we actually do this? How do we actually live in right relationship to truth? And so he, he said, and he had titled his talk, The Secret Formula for Success. And so here's the point in his talk where he says, you know, I just know that people will always, they'll almost always read or listen to something that says the secret formula to success. So really it's not secret at all. Really it's so simple. And he said it's a one word, four letter secret. And it's L-O-V-E. We need to love. And then if we don't know what to do, we need to love some more. And until we see that our lives and our minds are shifting and that we are ceasing this whole, well, I just had a bad day, it was a bad, unlucky day, I just shouldn't have even, until we are willing to live in alignment with truth, that whatever questions come up, the answer is love. Let go of everything else and love. Whatever it is that you think is in your way, Love. I had somebody two or three weeks ago ask me about, about how to stop hating. And boy, if ever there was somebody who came to me with a question and a prayer request that I needed to put into practice in my life. You know who you are and I thank you for that. Um, you know, how do we stop hating? By loving the thing that we think we hate. It's that simple. And as long as we think that we're living in lack, then we will continue with all of the what-ifs. What if this happens? What if I don't have enough of that? What if that bad thing happens? What if this bad thing happens? We need to appreciate in every moment that omnipresence of good. If God is good without opposite, and if God is omnipresent, then that means right here, right now, God is present. And the reason 
I asked the question after the song, Spirit is in this place. How do we know Spirit is in this place? Because we're here. And we are that. So I'm going to invite us to to begin settling into a time of really considering what is the good that is right here, right now, present. And I'm going to ask that you include, as you open up your mind to all of that possibility, that you include this community, this center, in your contemplations. Because it's very easy for us to look at paper and go, well, yeah, and if you, and, and you know, the bottom line, if you weren't here for that meeting last month, the bottom line is, if our expenses stay relatively stable, if giving remains relatively stable, we have about three years of reserves. Well, three years is a nice timeline, but what do we want? What is our desire for this community? What is our willingness to grow? What is it that is ours to express collectively as this community? These aren't far-off what-if questions. These are things that affect each and every one of us every day of our lives. And if you're in a job you don't like, if you're in a situation that you don't like, if you're kind of like the one that says, well, I couldn't do possibly do that because I'm on a fixed income, release that thought. Open to more. So we just simply begin by breathing together. We begin by breathing together and acknowledging the good that we each one of us are. We release all of the thoughts, all of the behaviors, everything that has served us to bring us to this point, but which no longer serves us on our forward journey. We sit together with willingness to forgive To not simply try to forget, but to actively forgive, to actively give good for the things that have previously held a category of not acceptable, of hated, of undesirable. So from this space of simple love... We begin by allowing one of our friends to sing to us and with us and remind us of what God actually is. There I am. God is where I stand. God is standing strong.
we call God which goes by so many names at this moment you are that you are the realm of infinite possibility and potential expressing at the very point that you are at the very point that you are in this moment you are a space where all love, all abundance, all power, all wisdom is. And if we are not recognizing that about ourselves, then we simply need to, in truth, remind ourselves that there can be no lack there can be no less than there can be no dis-ease there can be no fear or hatred there can be no lingering unforgiveness in spirit in truth so if any of that is present in our experience it is coming from the place that we can control which is our own human mind our own human thoughts our own human misalignment and we allow ourselves to release the things that are behind us and no longer serve we align ourselves in truth 
And we can give thought, give thanks for those thoughts which have pointed out to us where our thoughts have been misaligned. Because if we're carrying unforgiveness, we're out of alignment. And the work is to love. If we're recognizing hatred, our human brain is out of alignment. And our work is to love. If we're experiencing fear or worry or doubt, our human mind is out of alignment with truth. And our work is to love. In this moment, we claim willingness. We claim the willingness to truly express that which we are. We claim willingness to release the things which are out of alignment with truth. We claim willingness to live in right relationship with spirit, with each other, with the world. We claim willingness to release and forgive ourselves when we recognize that we are out of alignment. And we express willingness to truly give good for anything that we may have considered less than. So our practice becomes willingness to look for and appreciate the omnipresence of good without opposite. To find the space of love and peace within us. Because if God is love, And so many traditions teach us that love is the core of all good. And if we are that, then we too must be love. And our work is simply to radiate that, to know the truth of ourselves, to know the truth of one another, to know the truth of all beings everywhere and to appreciate that good always ever present we know this is so and so it is Amen
homework this week. Appreciate omnipresent good, expressing at the point you are. So, if you're complaining about traffic, you do your homework. If you're having to make a phone call to straighten out a bureaucratic bureaucratic mess, do your homework. If you're paying bills and it looks like there are more bills than checkbook, do your homework. And it's as we continue to do this that it becomes more and more our default setting. And we know from a neurological standpoint that the more we self-correct, this is not a bad thing to realize we're not living in alignment with how we want to be because every time we recognize and we come back to that, and this is one of the neurological, physiological brain things about meditation, every time we realize our thoughts have wandered and we bring them back to center, we are creating the neural networks in our mind, in our brain, that help us to go there sooner. So if you realize 300 times in a day that you have gone so far afield, well, yahoo you! You had 300 moments of awareness in that day, and that's so many more than, than most of us have. So yay you! Our human brain wants to say, boy, I'm really not good at this. But really, you are doing the work. Thank you, everyone, for being here.